This is a production of 1217 Media. He's a graduate of Del Campo High School, a uh, graduate of 1998. After that, he wanted to play four years at UCLA. After that, he's a second round draft pick of the Memphis Grizzlies, the number 46 pick in the 2002 draft. Played over a decade in the NBA. Um, as you know now, you guys may find him on TV up in smoke. You may find him coaching his, his not so young sons anymore, but also um, you find him back here home in Sacramento doing some um, interviews, um, live game pro- broadcasts as well. And also just, I'm glad uh, Sam and him and Chris, they offered to come here and do the, um, do the camp. I appreciate it. But also, if you guys watch this game, right, on and off the court, he's the same dude. Same dude, always been that way, but also put a lot of effort to the game. None other than Matt Barnes. Matt, thanks for coming. Thanks for having the camp. Thank you for having me. You guys, give, give Matt a round of applause. So as we jump into a quick of these, few of these questions, man, um, one of the things is coming from not being born in Sacramento, but Santa Clara, but coming to Sac, what was that transition like at an early age coming to Sacramento, and what part of town did you grow up in? Um, yeah, I was born in San Jose, California, um, to a really diverse community, and I moved up to Sacramento at about eight or nine, and it was a culture shock. Um, moved into a, a pretty nice neighborhood in Fair Oaks, but for the first time, I was around a lot of white kids, and I had never been around white kids. I went to school with white kids for the first time, so I faced a lot of racism growing up. So I really had, an, at an early age, I had to kind of find my path and understanding of adversity um, at a young age. So I was able to do that, um, move past that. Went to Del Campbell High School, played all four sports, uh, football, basketball, baseball, track, uh, was All-American in basketball and football, and decided to go to UCLA for college. That's what's up. Um, a lot of people probably don't remember, well, the young ones won't know about your football career, but even all sports, just generalized. We're, we're 80s, 80s dudes, so during that time, everything was, um, you had to be busy. Yeah. Not in the house, you're outside. Yeah. Mom, dad wasn't going for that, right? Yeah. But who are some of the athletes, because I mean, you, you named four sports, who are yeah. some of the ones you either want to model your game after of, or go out there and just emulate and try to be yeah. like at an early age? Yeah. I mean, as you mentioned, when we were younger, we didn't get to, we weren't inside, we were outside all the time. So in baseball, I loved Ricky Henderson from the Oakland A's. Um, basketball, it was Magic Johnson. And then in football, it was uh, Jerry Rice, Randall Cunningham, and Bo Jackson. And for you guys that don't know, Google those people. Those are all-time greats, Hall of Famers, in their selected sports. Um, just growing up as far as the work ethic, right? Was that drive something early in your career that you installed, or did somebody help fuel that fire, or what put it in you? Because to be an All-American, it's a .1%, right? Yeah. What put that, that jetpack in your back, or what, what made you go? I just think seeing my surroundings, you know, seeing a lot of friends get in trouble uh, to gangs, drugs, violence, um, you know, having a, a tough upbringing, I just knew that sports was my outlet. So, you know, I was one of those strong thinkers, although I had a lot of friends that did a lot of things that I may not have done and they were still my friends, I just knew what my focus was gonna be. Like I said, it was either gonna be football or basketball that was gonna give me an opportunity to go to college and hopefully turn pro. Um, so that was my goal was just to get out, you know what I mean? I had been in Sacramento for about half my life at that point and I wanted, you know, a, a, a new experience um, I was an All-American in football and basketball. I was recruited by every school in the country for both sports. Um, chose, I went to UCLA when I was 14 for an AU tournament and I saw the palm trees and the sun and the sand and the women and I just knew I had to go to UCLA. So 
Uh, I was one of those rare athletes, again, that I got recruited by everyone, but I didn't take no trips to no schools because I was always playing sports, and I knew that I wanted to go to UCLA. So back, back then, was it Ed O'Bannon, Charles O'Bannon? Yeah, Toby Ty, Bailey. Toby Bailey, all yeah, the, yeah. yeah, I'm, I'm a UCLA fan for sure. Yeah. Um, now, I'm sure you had to grow to become 6'7", 6'8", but early on, what were the things you worked on to make sure you stay on the floor? Because again, as we know now, right, we're seeing some kids are doing some things that they probably are game reps or not game reps. What are some things you, you had to work on to bring to the uh, floor for your coach to make sure you were on stay on the court? Um, well, I mean, I played every sport, and I, I spoke the first day at camp that I think that all you guys should play multiple sports until you really find out what your niche is. Um, and because I, I feel like football helped me with basketball, the hand-eye coordination from baseball helped me with basketball. Obviously, track, uh, track and field, that speed helped me with basketball. So I wasn't necessarily someone that you know. A lot of you guys are working out with trainers at this age. Like when I tell you, I didn't work out basketball-wise until I was in the NBA. Like I played a lot, I played at parks from the time I was 14 through college in, in, in Sacramento. Always played pickup games, but I never really worked because working on your game is kind of new. Like we grew up just playing basketball. Now you guys are specializing in training and sometimes I think the training is overkill to be honest with you, but I just, I think all the different sports I played helped me, you know, become a pro in basketball. So. We're in a state now in the world in game sports, mental health is big, right? Yeah. But the adversity, I believe that we, we had to face, you had to face going through that too. The character helped you are the person you are today. But if you can share maybe some type of adversity you have, because I mean, everybody sees successes, right? We see the highlights on Instagram. We see the, see the, the fun stuff. But if anything you may share, you have to overcome. Is it an injury? Is it a, um, some people take losses. Something you may have to overcome because you could have easily put the ball down or the ball yeah. down and stopped. Yeah. Um, I think there was a lot of different things. I think first in high school, um, again, I faced a lot of racism in elementary school and it kind of died out. And then my senior year, um, faced some more racism where someone was harassing my little sister, um, you know, calling her, you know, calling her racial slurs. And as a big brother, I had to protect her. So as a big brother, I did what I was supposed to do, beat the guy up. And while I was suspended, the KKK came and nearly burned my high school down. So that was one thing where you know they had a green light on my head they tried to kill me I had to move to a whole different city um, so that was something um, I had to overcome but to me I always use adversity as as fire to keep pushing instead of an excuse to quit um, at the beginning of my career I got drafted and then I got cut and I had to go to the G League and the G League was nasty at the time we were staying in nasty hotels eight to ten hour bus rides not making no money and I knew I was better than that so you know again got to work and use that you know, that fallback as, as something to push me forward. And from there, I was able to play 15 years in the NBA. And then I think also losing my mom during my fifth season in the NBA. My mom died from cancer. She was diagnosed November 1st and died November 27th. So in 26 days, I lost my best friend and, and, and that was tough. So I've always used adversity as, obviously you mourn and you care and you, and you look at things, but I never use it to hold me back. I always use it to push me forward. Sorry to hear about moms. My mom just beat hers two years ago, but everybody's still different, man. That's, yeah. That changed the game. I tell my boys, like, Coach, now it's about life. The basketball is great, yeah. but that family thing. But let's talk about family real quick, though, man. Yeah. Just how important is the family to you personally, man? Because yeah. I can always see that. People now, of course, you see people now with their kids also. But your boys, and they've been around. Yeah. Now, I mean, that ain't nothing new, right? right. They're getting exposure now, but, I mean, how important is the family to you overall? Yeah. 
I mean, family is everything. You know, you guys have kind of seen the twins grow up or, you know, your parents have kind of seen the twins grow up because I've always posted them since they were peeing on themselves in their diapers. But, you know, now they're 14, about to be freshmen. Um, you know, I got other family here, cousins here, um, nephews here, stepdaughters here. Uh, family is everything, you know. We have a huge blended family of six kids, which is hell, <laughs> from ages four to 14. Uh, we got five boys and one girl, and it's, and it's uh, you know, the Black Brady Bunch. It's, you know, every day is a new adventure. And for the families here, we actually just signed a new deal with WeTV, so we're coming out with the family TV show this uh, fall. So be looking out for our family, the Barnes, the Barnes Bunch. We'll be on WeTV this <laughs> fall, so be checking, out, uh, be checking out for that. That's what's up. Make your moves together. Um, Rest and recovery, man, athletes. Huge. How important is that, even, like you said, more so now, with kids only doing one sport, tearing their muscles up so much to where there is no rehab, recovery, yeah. or rest, but what do you suggest, or how important should you feel they need to take that to get healed, get better, produce? Well, I think it's huge, first and foremost, but I think the parents also have to get educated, understanding, don't make it a job early. You know what I mean? Don't force your kid to do anything, you know what I mean? Except be a good person and a great student. I think too often parents force their kids into stuff and, and vicariously try to live through kids, which to me is sending the wrong message. Um, but then also the kids that, that do work out a lot or play multiple sport, rest is very important. Rest is very important. You see a lot of injuries in the NBA now because I feel like this newer generation Sports is year round. Like when we played basketball, basketball was only for like three months a year. And you had, that's why we played so many other sports, but you had to find something else to do during the downtime. So rest and recovery is something that I always preach to obviously my kids and my team, the, the, the recovery and the mental side of the game. So you guys need to make sure you stretch, make sure you eat right, make sure you're hydrated, make sure if you have injuries, you take care of those injuries because all that stuff adds up. You only get one body. And if you beat it up now, you're not gonna have anything to look forward to when you get older. So rest, recovery, and the mental aspect of the game. The mental aspect is something that I preach all the time because once you get to my level in the NBA, everybody is good. But what keeps you there is, again, I was a second round pick who got cut and had to grind, but I lasted longer than first number one picks. I lasted longer than lottery picks. I lasted longer than a lot of guys better than me because I had the mental part down and, and understood what my role was and, 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 and executed my role no matter what team I was on. So recovery and the mental aspect of the game has nothing to actually do with being on the court and dribbling the ball and getting shots up. That's a whole other level of the game that you, all, you guys also need to understand. Real quick, I want to jump into being uh, uh, the dad part of this, man. You talked about the twins. Um, how much of a, I'll just say, how do you separate the father and the trainer, the coach, consistently to keep yeah. that relationship together between your young men? Because you are raising young minority males in yeah. a world where you've been through and yeah. you've seen change. How do you balance that or, and how is it going for you at this point? Um, that's definitely a challenge. That's a good question. Um, I retired in 2017. Um, and from there, I started coaching my boys. And I think they were like seven or eight at that time. So it was just always, you know, kind of nurturing them and bringing them up in the game. But being father is kind of that thin line. You know, I definitely didn't want to show favoritism. I didn't want to give them too easy because I knew that I wasn't always going to be their coach. You know, so I just tried to again, give them the mental side of the game and, and how to approach the game and how to understand the game, but not be overkill on the game, you know, because I am someone who played and 
at the same time, it, it, it's a new generation, you know, so the way I came up playing and the things I did don't necessarily apply to this generation. So, again, I'm learning on the fly with them um, as a process, but I really feel like, obviously, with everything I've been through, I can give them, you know, tremendous opportunity, but from there, it's, it's up to them to succeed and, you know, really happy for them that they're kind of starting to, or have, you know, fell in love. I think in the last year, year and a half, they've fallen in love with the game and, I've been putting in the work in and, and I consistently can see them getting better. And I'm just really excited to see, you know, what they have, you know, ahead of them uh, moving forward. When you get to the league, man, who's your, as I say, your OG or the guy who kind of looked out for you or you kind of took under your wing? Because again, you know, it's experience, right? You learn yeah. by experiences. And uh, as we know right now in the time where the money is four or five, <laughs> 10 times better, right? Crazy. You, I mean, I definitely wish we all could have got that bag. Yeah. But who was somebody you kind of hung under or stuck with or kind of looked after? Because you, you carved your own path too. You didn't yeah. do everything the traditional right. way. But yeah. you were a mainstay, like I said. Yeah. To play that long, everybody can't say that. But yeah. who was somebody you kind of throw a little love to? Uh, someone who I, that looked out for me early on was a Sacramento King legend, Chris Weber. I mean, he was my OG, my big brother. Um, he used to allow me to come up and work out at the King's facility right when I was out of high school and when I was in UCLA. He used to, you know, give me some bread when I needed it, would kind of treat me like a little brother. So when I became a King uh, in the early 2000s and we got traded to Philly, uh, you know, got a chance to play at Allen Iverson, but that was a whole, you know, a, a whole new world out there. And I was 21, 22 years old on the East Coast for the first time, didn't have a jacket, didn't even know what cold weather was. And he was really kind of like the big brother, father figure that looked out for me and kind of showed me the ropes of the game, not only the game on the court, but the game off the court as well. That's what's up. Um, how would you rate this current league status in NBA as far as the games excelled or changed like that. Where would you say it's at right now? Are we, we in good hands going forward? Do you like what's going on, what you're seeing? Yeah. I love where the game is at. And this is, you guys are the next generation to kind of pick the game up, but the game has changed. You know, when I came in the game, it was a much physical, much more physical game, uh, strong, you got to be really strong. You know, we're playing against guys like Shaq, who were, you know, in his prime, 380 pounds. Like, I'm 220 pounds. Like, he was a monster. So, I love to get the way the game has transitioned. Um, I wish there was still a little bit more physicality and defense, uh, but that's just not where the game really is. Um, but I think the game is in great hands. I feel like the skill level in the NBA is higher than it's ever been. Uh, but I also feel like the, uh, the basketball IQ is not as high because I feel like kids, when they kids, when this is a lot for kids right now and, and for parents, kids train all the time. And most of the time that's one, you know, just them with the trainer. It doesn't really teach them how to play the game, how to move without the ball, how to screen, how to read stuff, how to react. A lot of kids become kind of programmed to just put their head down, dribble the ball, and shoot it. And that's, you know, that's a small part of the game. So I feel like obviously, again, the skill level is very high. I think, you know, the game always needs thinkers. Um, so anybody who can think the game, but also play both sides of the ball now because it used to be a necessity to play offense and defense. Now you only really have to play offense, but if you're someone who can play offense and play defense, you're gonna have a chance. We'll be right back with more 94 Feet with Coach JT. You're an entrepreneur. You take risks. You're a trendsetter who stands out from the crowd. You're a business owner who makes more than just money. You make a difference. Sergeant Branding Firm exists to help you do what you do best change the world get everything you need to elevate your brand and have a professional website at sergeantbranding.com vicky cakes dairy-free pancake and waffle mix is the heart of breakfast 
Bring your family back to the table for good food and good memories. Shop now at VickiCakesOnline.com. And now, back to the show. Let's talk about this, this rep hours, right? Like, they say 10,000 hours it takes to, to perfect something, right? How much time you say during your prime when you put in the gym? What was it? Give us a little breakdown of what your workout schedule or training regimen was like. Yeah. Well, I was someone, you know, again, I wasn't the most talented guy, but I had the most heart. And I was always someone who was in great shape. So I really took the summers. I, I really beat myself up in the summers from running to boxing to weightlifting to skill work to pick up basketball. I mean, I would put a good eight hours a day every day. Every day. I mean, I might take a weekend off, but sometimes I still might get shots up on the weekend. But that's just what you have to do. You know, I was lucky to play. My job was to put, and I made millions of dollars to put a ball in the hoop. You know what I mean? And, and like you said earlier, the game, the money is so much higher now. But, you know, I, I had to respect, you know, I, and, I, and I had to honor the job because there's always young kids coming up trying to take your spot. You know, for me to be able to play 15 years, I had to work my butt off every single day. But again, I could have been sitting behind a desk, you know, on a computer. So I'm super blessed. But again, I mean, if you guys, if you guys get the opportunity to make sports a profession, whether it's this sport or other sport, don't cheat the game. You know, one thing Kobe used to tell me is like he never cheated a day. And and being around that guy, seeing how hard he worked, and he was already great, but to seeing how hard he worked was just a whole nother level. So that's one thing that I learned. Like, don't cheat the day. A lot of you guys like to be on your electronics, playing video games on your phone, and there's a ball sitting right next to you. There's a hoop right in your backyard, but you guys would rather be online the whole day playing video games or on your phone, and that's fine, because you can get paid to play video games, but if sports or basketball is your dream, you're not gonna have too much success if you don't put the work in. You get in what you put out. Um, let's talk about this kind of environment, community though, man, because I, it was kind of a question, okay, you're going to come for myself. I wanted you to come an hour, two hours. The first day, Monday, you may sat down here five minutes and you had to get out there. Every day, the whole week, you've been out there either working, running drill, getting reps up. What is the importance of you to actually get out there and get working, be a, be a live body at, at your own camp when you could come and leave or come and just sit, but to be active and also giving pieces and nuggets to the smallest to the biggest out here? Yeah. I mean, I think it's, I'm just... I may be different than other athletes. You know, I think it's our job to pour back in. You know, I made it through, you know, extraordinary circumstances to become a pro and, and play for as long as I did and win a championship and, and do a lot of good things. So now, you know, through the help of my cousin, Christy and, and, and Sam, you know, we put this camp idea together and had a great turnout this first year and we want to continue to grow the camp. But I feel like if I'm out there playing with the kids or talking to the kids, or I mean, that's an experience I know that I never got as a child. Like I never got a chance, we didn't have no money. So I never got a chance to go to a camp, see a camp, see no pro player, former pro player. Like I never got that opportunity. So I definitely want to make sure that, Kayo, calm your little ass down, bro. <laughs> I want to make sure that, you know, if this is the one time experience that they get a chance to meet a pro or be around a former pro that, you know, they remember that, hey, Matt was out there working with us, talking to us and trying to help us get better. Before we get to a few questions from the audience, man, at the end of my shows, they'll always ask my guests for their triple threat, right? We know drill pass you in the band basketball. But personally, give me three things that those who just now meeting you or somebody listening to this or, or watching it, what are three things you kind of hang your hat on, man? Like people like your morals, your values, yeah. your, your personal triple threat. I think first and foremost, being a good person. I think some people, some of the parents that, that come along or people who knew me would see me 
on the court and I'm an animal on the court. I'll fight you, I'll slap you, I'll cuss a ref out, but that's just like the competitor in me. It's not the person I am, you know what I mean? So I think there's a misconception of because I'm one way on the court that I'm that way off the court. And everyone who knows me knows I'm very cool, laid back, relaxed. Um, so I think that's one thing. Um, I think really, just be honest with you, being a good person. I think that's the biggest thing I can give away. I, I, you know, I tell the parents on the team that I coach, I don't have time to get your kid better as a skilled player because I'm super busy, but I can teach them the mental side and I, and I can help them become a better man. You know, I've made a lot of mistakes growing up. I didn't have a ton of guidance. I kind of had to learn on the fly. And I made a lot of things, a lot of mistakes I'm not proud of. Um, but I think I've been able to learn from those and understanding that being a good person does pay off. You know, the fact that I was a role player for 15 years and now I'm working for one of the biggest networks in the world in ESPN and, and have one of the biggest shows in the world on Showtime. And I'm kind of moving around like I was a 10-time All-Star. And I wasn't a 10-time All-Star. I was just a real person. And I think what you see is what you get if you, get, if you take a chance to get to know me. Uh, I think, you know, you'll be pleasantly surprised on, on, on the man I am. But, I mean, again, that, that, a lot of mistakes came along the way, and I was able to learn from those mistakes. So if I can give you guys anything, uh, you know, to take with you, obviously, you know, being playing sports is great, but just being a good person, I think I feel like there's just so many negative, nasty, bad energy people in this world. If you can just be a good person, uh, that's going to take you a long way. That's what's up, man. Relationship building. All right, so we got a few minutes left, though. We'll take a couple questions from a couple campers in the audience. Anybody have a question they need to ask that they didn't already ask? Uh, Coach, stand up. So in his career playing against like Yao Ming, those big centers, how was it playing against those guys who were seven-footers? Yeah, it's different. You know, I came in the league and there was a lot of big guys, like real big guys. So playing against Shaq and Yao, and it was fun because, you know, the goal was always to try to dunk on those guys. And I, I got one dunk against Yao on Yao, but... Those guys are big, and I, and I remember playing against Shaq and then playing with Shaq. And Shaq is someone that is huge, but he'll also knock you out of the air and slam you on the ground. So um, playing against those guys is fun, but you got to be careful because those are big, real big men. You know what I mean? But you know, when I came in the NBA, it was just a different game. It was a lot more physical, um, a lot more competitive on the defensive end, uh, a lot more fights. It was just more. But I think now everyone knows each other from the generation playing to you guys. You guys are getting a chance to, when I played AAU basketball, like I didn't know who nobody was until I played them on the court. There was no internet, there was no nothing. So if someone was good in Oakland or someone was good in New York, I didn't know about them until we actually, you know, we went head up. So I just think the competitiveness is different because you go, obviously everyone knows each other now, but yeah. Also, I want to ask any parents around, any parent may have a question that's here, you can feel free to ask a question as well. Yes, sir. Stand up, young man. <laughs> Any teammate that he did not like, and what else was it? Oh, and how did you handle it? Good question. That's a good question. I, I, I to be honest with you, every teammate I had, I, I really liked. You know, some guys I liked more. That there was one person. Someone asked me the other day who was one of my favorite teammates, and it was someone that I thought I wouldn't like, and it was JJ Reddick. <laughs> JJ is my guy, and you, got, you know, you guys can see him on ESPN. We played together on the Clippers, but he went to Duke. And Duke guys are normally a little different. So I would see JJ thinking like, I know I'm not gonna like this guy. And the second we became teammates, you know, we became really close. And to this day, he's one of my closest 
former NBA teammates. So uh, to answer your question, no. You know, even if you don't like guys, I think there's ways to still respect them. But I never really had an issue with any of my teammates. Um, you know, I was lucky. I was always a cool. I mean, everyone loved me because I was down for the team. You know what I mean? So I was one of those guys that you always wanted on your side. So I never really had no issues with teammates. That's what's up. All right, so we're gonna definitely, before we finish up, give a shout out to uh, Coach Sam. Everybody give Coach Sam a round of applause, please. <laughs> Coach Sam, I know he's over there working, but Coach Sam and I have been rocking 20 plus years, man. He's a solid dude. Um, just the opportunity to host the camp again. Thanks to Matt, thanks to Christy. Like, I appreciate you guys' time and effort. Um, one thing that we definitely wanna stress overall, though, you guys, is the relationship as a group. Hopefully you guys met somebody here new that you can be a friends with, associates with, get their contact information and see and compete with now to the end of time because some of my high school friends, Coach Dave is my high school teammate, we've been best friends ever since. So the game of basketball can make you friends and bring friends to the table. So um, Coach Brian's my assistant coach over here. I've coached some other guys that are here today as well. So again, make sure you guys talk to somebody before you leave, man. Get a number, get a social media, whatever, and stay in touch with those people, all right? Real quick before we get out of here, everyone give JT a big round of applause for giving us the gym. We couldn't have had this camp without the gym, so man, we appreciate that. Give one more uh, round of applause for, uh, for Coach Sam. Coach Sam did a great job with this team. Coach Sam and his whole staff, uh, you staffed everybody, great vibe, all the videographers, everyone who pitched in and helped, we really appreciate it. You guys give your parents a round of applause. Yeah, glad to get here. Give uh, Christy Griffin in the, the hot red pants a round of applause. She did a good job of putting this together. Again, this is gonna be an annual thing, so hopefully we'll see all you guys next summer. We're also gonna do one in the Bay Area, and we're also gonna do one in LA. So if you guys wanna travel and follow us around, we'll make sure we put all the information out and we wanna to continue to build this camp up. So again, thank you players, staff, parents, JT for the facility, man. I hope you guys had a great time, and we'll see you guys next summer. All right. We're gonna drop the full interview, camp highlights all on the right there. So you guys wanna follow the page on Instagram and YouTube. Follow the page right there. So on Instagram, YouTube, all the camp highlights, videos will be up there real soon, all right? Appreciate you. Thank you, bro. Appreciate you, big dog. Yeah, no Thanks for listening to 94 Feet with Coach JT. Subscribe on iTunes, leave a review, and follow the show on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. This is a production of 1217 Media.